Welcome back to the Bad Signal Podcast. It's a Friday morning early. I feel like I could have my dad or like Regis Philbin on the show today. Will Brimson <laughs> from CBS. Um, I'll take it. Uh, I, I'm pretty. I'm pretty daddish. I don't know about Regis Philbin. Am I? Am I? Am I creeping into that? Uh, that that aged territory. I mean, maybe quarantine has washed me, and I do. I haven't shaved in a while, so I look old. I and I am. I have been complaining on Twitter about. Christmas decorations and and on my podcast about garland. So maybe maybe that's accurate. Uh, so clearly everyone, I feel like everyone did like no shave November, Movember, the beard. You seem like you have yours like in check. Did you have to Amazon buy like some uh, <laughs> some beard trimmer? Like you're no, doing well, well, and you definitely you definitely are dying your beard, man. That's insulting. I don't dye anything. I am. I have a youthful, my, my, I don't dye my hair. I don't dye my beard. I never would. Um, it's just naturally youthful. And, and I'm serious. Like I, I would never dye my hair or my beard. And people ask me that though. They're like, you're, you're so old that you're, you must be dying. No. So it's, it's all natural like this. It's, it looks the same. It looked when I was 18. Uh, and I, I think I've, um, we're going on like a full year of having a beard now. I didn't, I was ahead of the curve. I knew, I didn't know something was coming. I felt it. You know, the, my natural body reaction felt 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 a quarantine coming and it prepared like a bear going into hibernation basically you're basically admitting that you went through puberty early like that was yeah, some I kind was, of a thought that i didn't want to hear well, i had i mean i had I when I was, beard at 18 when i was 17 so the summer of my senior year um i had acquired a fake id with a guy <laughs> with a beard and i grew up my beard and like actually this was summer after junior year and like i i mean i could i mean just unchecked freedom to go into any store I wanted and buy like, sometimes I wouldn't get carded. That's how burly my beard was. And, um, you know, and you could go into any bar, like there was just no questions asked. Cause you have, if you have a, I mean, just the natural, um, like the nature of having a, a giant beard on a fake ID and a giant beard on your face just makes it harder for people to distinguish. Like, I don't think I looked that much like the guy, but, there was no questions asked. I mean, it was, it was where did you go to school? Uh, high school or college? Oh, college. NC State. Oh, nice. Nice. I think I eventually had the ID taken at some point, which was a, a, shock, a shock to the system. Some, yeah. The no, random no. 11. I went to the University of Maryland and I found, oh, wow. my, I found my ID on the, on the bar floor, sticky and covered with like half an inch of just beer smush. You, you know, you know that, you know, the vibes. Sure. Yeah. So I, I picked it up and it was like, kind of looks like me, kind of not. It was a Maryland ID. So I actually used it for a year and a half and it worked fine. And my dad was a bouncer at, at UMass at the pub, which oh, wow. was like, which was the original bar that opened in 1975. That's wow. where he met my mom, like all that stuff. So he had me practicing early. Like when <laughs> I wanted to go get like uh, you know, a, my belly button pierce, he was like, when I was 15, he's like, are you out of practice? He's like, 4, 16, 86, 86, 86. <laughs> you know, so he would, so I, I knew it. I knew, I knew how to run through with the fake ID. So the last day that I, before I studied abroad, I got it taken away. And I, you know, of course, got really mad at the bouncer, but it didn't matter because I wasn't going to be in the United States when I took Right. At that, at that point, you just needed to be 18. I mean, like <laughs> yeah, you didn't, exactly. yeah. I'm trying to think how old I was when I lost mine. Cause it, I don't think I remember being that. It had to have been fairly close. No, I mean, I don't. I don't actually remember. It had to have been kind of close. Otherwise, I'd have been really mad about it. I, but yeah, yeah. You, it would. It would have stuck out in your mind. It well, would've. and it was like, and it was like, 
it, was, it wasn't even like I'd had it for six months. I'd had it for like two and a half years. I mean, it was ba- I basically assumed a new identity at that point. Wow, maybe, wow. maybe I should, maybe I shaved and fat and like and got a got an ID from my older cousin or something. I just always loved those kids that came into came into college like eighteen years old hustling, like yeah. the kids that were legitimately like committing federal fraud and creating IDs out of their basements, charging kids a hundred, $150. I want to know where those guys are today. Are they in jail? Or are they like fortune 500 entrepreneurs? I mean, I definitely didn't make any IDs as far as you know. Uh, I will say that uh, a lot, I went to boarding school and a lot of boarding school guys, I think boarding school tends to uh, mature you in a negligent manner more quickly than than not boarding school. So like all the boarding school guys who came into NC state or Carolina, I mean, just came in scorching hot because they'd been, they'd been away from their families for, you know, three or four years already practicing all these shenanigans, shenanigan filled behavior. It just like knowing that the, the, like they already had, like we already had all the, like the, the, the tricks, right. Yeah. Like we are, we already yeah. knew what to do to like, to, yeah. I mean like to, to get away with stuff. So yeah. I think that I think that probably helped. Yeah, I there's a school down the street from me that's called Harvard University. I think a lot of I think a lot of crazy shit comes out of there. I'm thinking yeah. the Winklevoss twins. I'm like friendly with them, and all I see <laughs> are, are just like blowing smoke about Bitcoin. Like, oh, Bitcoin is the I, new. Uh, I, I think Bitcoin is legit, though. There are a lot of people who are smart people who are in a bit. I might be in. A, I think I'm in a Bitcoin. I too. mean, but I can't. I'm t- can't take the tweets anymore. I can't take it. Um, all right, let's get tied into the program. Um, I, there's nothing better than on a Friday morning getting butt dialed twice by Dan Shaughnessy. Oh. I just got to say that. Yep. Waking up, I have a now I have a voicemail from Dan because is it a butt voicemail? I, I think it's a butt voicemail. What that seems I, like? It, I mean, that's like a tomato. Like, I mean, it's kind of ironic because he's been writing about tomato cans for so long, and then the guy can't handle a cell phone. <laughs> I wonder. I wonder if it has his Sunday column included in it. <laughs> it probably does. He's like reading it out. He's like, ah, translate. Um, I mean, I the 1979 Red Sox. Ah, this is about the 1978 blizzard. We don't have <laughs> any props anymore. I saw that one. Well, speaking of like holiday season, would you ever like do any decorations? Like, would you put any uh, holiday lights in your beard? Like, yeah, what? for sure. I'm, I am. Just to spice I, it up for, for CBS TV. Well, see, I got, I went on a rant on um, my podcast, the pick six podcast. People can subscribe daily NFL podcast. Check it out. Um, my, my, my beef right now is with the garland on the mantle because. Oh, okay. So, and so, yes, I would put, I would put lights in, or I, I don't know if I dye my beard, but I would put lights in my beard if I, if okay. I needed to, but, but my beef with the mantle and the garland is that December is a prime, it's a prime ball game. There's a lot of football on. Yeah, yeah. Flipping back and forth from channels. And you need to be able to see the bottom line. And you need to be able to see the freaking scoreboard. And you can't see any of it with the garland mounted on the mantle. It covers up the scoreboard. It drives me nuts. I'm constantly, like, walking up to the TV and, like, trying to, like, finagle my way into actually turning the power on instead of doing it from the couch. It tricks me every morning. I forget it's up there. And it, 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 I can't stand it. I cannot stand the garland. It drives me nuts. And look, it looks beautiful during the holiday season. And I'm all about Christmas. I think Christmas was wonderful. But I cannot stand the idea that this garland is up on the mantle, blocking the scoreboard at least two or three times in December. Uh, the, my family will wake up and the garland will be strewn about the, the floor because I've said bleep it. And I've ripped it down and thrown it on the floor. Your wife must be pissed. Yeah, she doesn't like it. 
I, I mean, well, why She's does like, you don't you don't watch enough football in your office? You need to watch it down here too. It's like, all right, that's fair. That's fair. Yeah, well, exactly. But what what's going to happen when you like put the the stockings on on the garland? Why don't you just hook the stockings on the garland so that it keeps it down? Uh, Do you know what I mean? Is it over the mantle, over the fireplace? I mean, yeah, I don't know. If it's that. well, it's more I'm like sure a healthy suggestion. Yeah, no, no, that, that's that's not. That's not unsensible. The, the The issue is more that the way that our built-ins are set up with the with a cutout for the TV, like yeah. there's it, it's just the TV is mounted very low to the mantle, so there's yeah. just no escaping it. It's if the TV were mounted a little bit higher, or if there's a little bit more space in there, or it's a smaller TV, yeah. then we could probably get away with it. it. It's just you know you just have to take the L. But um, you know when there are multiple games on TV and I can't find the score and it's driving me nuts. Sometimes the garland takes the L. Um, yeah. and I'll try to adjust it and everything will fall down. I've had too much red wine. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not putting this thing back up. It'll, it'll, it can fix itself in the morning. <sighs> Sounds like a Christmas mess in the, in the Brinson household. I love that. Here's my gripe about the holiday season. Okay. Colored Christmas lights. Oh. White Christmas lights always, always. Who, I mean, who even buys the colored ones anymore? Because like, I, you know, so I have a neighbor and it's outside of the building and my neighbor downstairs and it's pretty like you can see it throughout the street. And now they've gone through on, you know, on the main road and they've put the wreaths over the street lamps and it's all decorated and they put the wreaths and the bows and all that stuff. And then you look up at the building and it's this ugly ass, like colored Christmas lights that are just uh, like that are wrapping around the windows and I'm just I can't get over how ugly it looks yeah I don't when are those even acceptable anymore it should be white Christmas lights or nothing I I I think that's a good take I can agree with that my parents have at one point used uh some of the bit like they don't do it inside but uh, outside they had like a little small tree um to the right of their house and they live on a farm so it's not really it's not part of like the driving um experience like you're not yeah. like driving around to see the lights and seeing my parents yeah, house. Yeah, yeah, you have, yeah. have to go down like a third of a mile dirt road to even get there um but the uh they would have they had this little um tree on the outside of their house and just did some little just one like longer strand of uh the bigger colored christmas bulbs it was kind of cool uh then our dog their, their dog started eating the bulbs he would oh, he would no. he would chomp the bulbs oh, he would find them yeah and so they don't do that anymore so not only is it um, less, and I agree, it's like, I don't want, I like variation in the lights, but I, I do like the classic all white, like you feel like you're in, you know, it's like there's carols going on. Yeah, you, you feel know, like you're Pilot in Night is playing. Right, exactly. Yeah. And, um, you know, like my brother-in-law too, he, he's not, he's a huge Christmas fan and he, sometimes he'll get like an inflatable Santa, like a 10 foot inflatable Santa and put that thing up and you know once you get into inflatable santa territory i'm not sure that the specific colors of the lights matter as much but i agree with you like i wouldn't want a ton of um randomly colored christmas lights out in front of my house once you get the inflatable santa you might as well get the three foot merry christmas right cardboard cutouts that are you're gonna wrap around your yard once you go inflatable santa there's no it doesn't like you gotta go full tilt you gotta go uh baby in a manger you gotta go baby Um, my, my neighbors up my neighbors up the road actually have and they're older so this is kind of surprising that they would go to these links or it would be like a, i don't know if it's a little it's less traditional but it's they have um if you because I, I want my dog up the street and you're you're walking and you're like somebody is there a party going on like what no is way. there 
there's music and they they have Christmas carols, Christmas songs, uh, songs and carols playing on a speaker with a little bit of a light show, like ornament, like like green ornaments, and and I'm very surprised. These are these are very they seem like very conservative people, and I was shocked by the sort of over. Like I just figured they would just have you know lights and a wreath, and they have it's like a like a it's hard to explain. It's like a like the green light is in the shape of an ornament, and they're wow. moving in front of the house, and there's Christmas music playing. I just wonder, like, do they do they stay up till ten o'clock playing these? Do they leave it on all night? I haven't really no, noticed. That, I was just gonna say that's the biggest waste of electricity I've ever heard. My right. my dad my dad won't even turn on the lights outside the house. It's wasting electricity. That you know, Brady Quinn had that had a good point on my my pod this week. He's like, you know, <laughs> for all the people that. Yeah, there are a bunch of people who are like talk about saving the planet. And then as soon as December gets here, it's, you know, let's crank up the, um, let's crank up the electricity and, and, and get loose with, uh, oh. with all the Christmas lights and all of a sudden saving the planet goes out the window. It's a, it's a fair point. I feel like, do you think those same people that make all the Christmas lights, they're just totally anti-Halloween. It, it has to be, you know, it's like you can't, be, you can't be a Halloween decoration person and a Christmas party. Uh, I feel like one or the other. Yeah, I think there's definitely a Venn diagram of Halloween and Christmas decorators that, that crosses over. I think it's a pretty substantial, like it's people with colored Christmas lights are definitely Halloween decorators. <laughs> they definitely like candy corn. I'll leave it at that. All right, let's get, into <laughs> some, let's, let's get into some football stuff. By the way, Brady Quinn married um one of my friends from high school. Alicia you, you, you know Alicia? Really? Yeah, I grew up with her. She's great. Her. I've played uh, bocce ball with her in underground in Atlanta at uh, 2 a.m. before. She, oh, I, I I remember that we used to, I mean, you can tell Brady this. So we, the one time that she was like able to, by the way, if everyone doesn't know, Alicia Sacramone, uh, so Former Olympic, Olympic gymnast. Olympic, I mean, she's Olympic gymnast. Yeah. Yes. And very like, funny person, by the way. She's, oh, she's, no, she's hysterical. She's yeah. great. So she's a year younger than me. So I, she finally came back to high school like for six months because she was done training or she's like, oh, I'm going to have some semblance of a normal childhood. So she's like the, this one night. I really think that she only went out one night. She's like, I'm having a party. So we show up. She drank like maybe a fifth of vodka nice. <laughs> and she was so hammered. And I think her parents were even coming home that night. And we were like, can you do back handsprings? <laughs> she's going back <laughs> handsprings like shit face. Until she fell on her head, but yeah, no, that was pretty funny. Nice, she, yeah, she's a she's a she's very full of. Actually, I think it's her. It was her birthday a couple of days ago. So that, uh, it may be right. Yeah, I don't. We're not. I mean, we're not that time. We we've hung out with her. Like I, you know, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm really close. I'm Brady and I are good friends. So like, um, she's great. Yeah, she. But but they're. It's funny because they're both. Oh yeah, we played. Uh, we played horseshoes in this bar underground. This bar, this underground bar in Atlanta, had like horseshoes and bocce ball pit. It was crazy. It was at the Super Bowl a few years ago, and um, it. But like, it's funny because you know they're both professional athletes. Yeah, and it's she's not like your typical. I don't know. I don't know if this is typical or not, but she's not. You know, she didn't like marry a football player. She's like also a. Like high cal, like so they're very competitive with each other. It feels Julie, like Julie Ertz and and um, yeah, Zach Ertz. Zach Ertz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes, yeah that's right. sometimes those go together. No, I think the athletes, the athletes get together all the time. I'm just saying that you know when you've got two people who have had success at the level that they've had, you're going to have extreme competitive. You know. Extremely, yeah, and, and yeah. extremely athletic babies. Well, that's let's true. get into some NFL stuff because I mean you're you know out, outside of being a beard connoisseur and uh, <laughs> you know a, a mantle creator. 
You definitely Man, mantle destroyer. I'm a mantle, mantle destroyer. destroyer. Well, you're a creator and destroyer because you have to be, rebuild that in the That's morning. Right. That's right. Yeah. 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 We'll, we'll just say that yeah, your wife candles all of the uh, the decorations in the house. But um, the NFL, the NFL is entering a very interesting situation here because I feel like there have been two situations now this season. I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that you would. You count the Patriots as having um, a COVID outbreak. I mean, considering that 24 people. 24 players personnel on both the Titans and the Ravens had gone on the COVID list and I mean, created a muck in the schedule and the NFL just came out with the a number recently that 156 players after being basically unscathed for the majority of the season, 156 players have tested positive in the last like two weeks or so, which begs the question. People are begging for a week 18. And we saw what happened with this absolute disaster mess of the Steelers and Ravens game. One of the best rivalries in the NFL and the AFC North was just, it was just like, like the Cheez-Its bowl on a Wednesday. It was like, what the hell kind of football <laughs> are we playing here? And it begs the question of, I mean, is, is the quality of the NFL suffering because of the NFL's lack of attending to the needs of different, uh, different teams and, and giving them a break? a breather because of the COVID situation. Yeah. I mean, I think that certain teams are kind of taking it on the chin here. Um, the Broncos being one of them to me. So I, I think if you're looking at the, the two situations and certainly I agree, the, you're right. Like the Ravens that just happened. And then the Titans earlier in the season are the ones that you would talk about. I think you could also just classify it as the early season outbreak and the late season or mid season outbreak or whatever you want to say this one is. Cause you know, that's like, we saw several teams dealing with it early on closer to the fall. And now as we get to the winter with sort of the second, third wave, I don't know what the hell it is rolling through the yeah. country and cases way up. Uh, we're seeing more, you know, more teams dealing with it. Um, yeah. I, I mean, I've been saying that the NFL should go to week 18 all along and, you know, add a bye week in there, push everything back and just be a little more methodical about their approach in some cases, yes, we are getting worse football and teams are being put at a competitive disadvantage. I mean, look at the, the Colts and the Titans played, right? The Titans, yeah. now look, the Titans had to push everything back, didn't get any practice and still beat the Bills. Yeah. Um, what and goes the up, they beat the Bills was a, was a mega, mega beatdown. Oh, so, yeah, they, yeah, they crushed him. Yeah. Yeah, but, and that's, but like, more, that's more talent based of Derrick Henry being absolutely superhuman. So Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, yeah, A.J. Brown came back from the injury list and then and went nuts. I mean, but I look at, like, the Colts game, right? The Colts had to play the Titans without DeForest Buckner and Danico Autry and Jonathan Taylor because of COVID situations. And those, I mean, Jonathan Taylor's a running back, so not a huge deal, but, like, I mean, the Forrest Butler changes the complex of the, the complexion of their defense. Oh, I mean, absolutely. they couldn't stop the run at all. Derrick Henry went nuts on them. So I, I, and then you look at the Broncos and they lose all their quarterbacks and have to start Kendall Hinton. Now they're out of the playoff race. It doesn't matter technically, but you just gave the saints a huge leg up in terms of their ability to get the number one seed in the NFC. And I mean, that you basically gave them a free space on, on the schedule, which is kind of crazy. So uh, all at the expense of either, forcing this game to happen or sending a message to everybody else that you will not be able, you know, we don't care who you lose. Even if it's three quarterbacks, you're still going to have to deal with it. I, I think, I think all that's kind of interesting from the perspective of yeah. it seems like the NFL is way more hell bent on trying to, they want the season done in 17 weeks and then they're going to figure out the playoffs. Maybe if they have to adjust things in the postseason. I don't think they want to have to worry about like moving stuff around for the jets, you know, in the regular season or like, 
Like they, they want this regular season done as fast as possible. And then you can sort of use the postseason. You know, if you need to take two weeks, everybody takes two weeks and you get two weeks off and, and maybe everybody didn't want to do that, but it's good for, you know, you can test rest, et cetera. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what they're exactly going to do with that. They can still expand the playoffs if they want. I don't think they want to do that. Uh, I think that's why they're trying to avoid the week 18, because if they go to week 18, they probably have to expand. It's all a mess. And it, it does feel like the NFL had done such a good job for the first uh, two and a half, three months. And now all of a sudden is just kind of playing with fire to a small degree. Yeah. Well, also too, I feel like there's a lot of players and you have to think, and we have an opinion obviously for, you know, on the outside looking in and, you know, a lot of people or a lot of media media members are looking at the NFL postseason. And, you know, although we're not really considering, I feel like we're not really considering like the middle of the road teams. You know, it's it's either like, oh, my God, what a disaster. No one wants to push it back for the Jets and the and the Jaguars and um, and the Chargers. And then we're thinking ahead to, oh, man, how is this going to affect the Steelers? And, you know, their undefeated season if they cancel the Ravens game. I mean, so. I think that there is a majority, obviously, like 50% of the league right now is thinking about, you know, those, those players that are dependent on these, on these game checks, because of course the NFL gets, gets money. They, the players get paid every Sunday and then they don't get paid for another six months. So um, I think that there is some merit, uh, even though I don't agree with it. I think there is some merit to, just shoving all of this down our throat saying, okay, we're not canceling one game. We're not pushing it back, get the 17 week season, and then we'll figure it out from there. And I think that that's to the benefit of the 50% of the NFL players association that are pushing to say, Hey, we're the low man on the totem pole here and we need to get paid right away. Because I think a lot of the former players are agreeing with that as well. But I think that one team that um, actually might really benefit down the stretch here are the San Francisco 49ers. Suddenly, they're getting displaced out of Santa Clara. There's, there's a ban. I mean, in California, just COVID just could not get any worse. They've shut down all the well, restaurants. But, it's, but it's, and- it could get worse. It could be Arizona, where they're being forced to play, where it's much worse. There are many more cases in Arizona than California based on per capita. It's kind I mean... Well, I, actually, now it's now it's a blue state, so you bring up a good point there. You know, it could be switching over, but for the time being, okay? Um, the San Francisco 49ers sharing the house with the Arizona Cardinals. Mike, um, Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan has said a number of different times. He loves that field down there at state farm stadium, state farm arena. Um, and over the next couple of days, will, you know, weeks 13 and 14, they're supposed to have home games. So they play the bills and Washington. It's going to be in Arizona. They play week 16 against Arizona. And that's a road game. So they're going to be playing in Arizona. And then they play week 17 again at home. So four out of the next five games are going to be in the same place. Uh, Technically, I mean, you want to talk about home field advantage and and COVID actually benefiting a team, but we suddenly could be in the conversation of having the San Francisco 49ers who have been decimated by injuries and, you know, or have Nick Mullins as their quarterback being launched back into the playoff conversation with Raheem Mostert back, Debo Samuel, and, and etc. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I've been saying this for the for like a week now. The 49ers are not dead at all. I mean, when you start to look at you know what they have coming up, and this is a huge, it, this is a big inflection point in terms of what they've got going on with the with the Bills game. I mean, they need to beat the Bills this weekend. They're one point dogs, um, but they're five and six. 
They have the Bills, the Washington football team, Dallas on the road, um, Arizona on the road. At which, home. Right. I mean, they're playing Arizona, and there's not any fans in there, I don't think. Um, the, so it's weird because because of the way this worked out, they now have four of their final five games. They don't have to travel for them. The furthest yeah. they have to go is Phoenix to yeah. Dallas. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Yeah. Right. I yeah. mean, like that's but that's yeah. crazy. Like you don't like that never happens. So you get you, I mean, you're living on the road and whatever. But like I, I think when you look at how good Kyle Shanahan is at scheming things up, even when he's missing players, I mean they've been devastated all year long. You know, they've 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 got they're on this three game losing streak. But they played the Seattle, Green Bay, and New Orleans. I mean, those are good teams. So I don't, you know, or actually they were on a three-game losing streak. Then they break it against the Rams. Um, it feels like they could rip off four wins here. And if they yeah. do, I think they'll get into the playoffs. And it's very possible, if not likely, that by week 15, maybe week 16, they've got George Kittle back. He's a, I mean, he's a, he's the most important non-quarterback in terms of value to a team in professional football, maybe. So yeah. I I would not rule out the 49ers. And the, and the thing is too, Courtney, like if they get into the playoffs and they get Jimmy G back and Kittle back and their defense is a little bit healthier and Robert Salas cooking and the, and the run game is working. I mean, why, I mean, why can't they make a run? I mean, they were in the yeah. Super Bowl last year. It's, it's yeah. wild. Yeah. And that's another question that I had was kind of like on my, on my hit list. And we're just working through all these topics in the NFL. Cause I mean, this is the best time of year, man. This is the time of year yeah. where it's like, you know, you settle, Everything outside of, you know, the, the players that are the teams that are settling for top draft picks and then you headstrong into the postseason. And now we have seven playoff spots. And I mean, things are just getting juicier by the minute. And it brings up a great point of asking this question, because the Houston Texans, to me, seem like the team that's going to destroy someone's playoff hopes down the stretch. You know, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Who, well, I mean, just by the way that Deshaun Watson is playing, we'll Watson's see. playing awesome, but they just lost Will Fuller. That's my only yeah, concern. No, well, they lost Will Fuller, and you know they lost Brandon Roby um, on their defense. But at the yeah. same time, I mean, what's to say that you know Brandon Brandon Cooks and Kiki Kuti, who's everyone's you know hot flex play this weekend? Yeah. I, you know, what's to say that he can't go find another receiver? I, you know, so I mean, the, my my biggest question is, what do which team do you think is just gonna? down the stretch is just going to destroy someone's playoff hopes. Well, I mean, I think the Texans are like, I, I shouldn't poo poo the Texans. Cause I do think that there's a good, there's a good argument for the Texans in that they have Deshaun Watson. And after yeah. starting slow to begin the season against, by the way, Kansas city, Baltimore, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota before Bill O'Brien yeah. got fired. I mean, that's the hardest possible three games to schedule coming out of the gate. Yeah. Um, you know, they beat, they beat Jacksonville, then Tennessee and Green Bay. I mean, that first seven weeks is brutal, man. I mean, yep. two teams with a losing record uh, in that stretch. They sweep Jacksonville. Cleveland was a tough matchup for him because the, the weather was really bad there. And Cleveland's a run team. T Houston's terrible against a run. Uh, and then they, they beat the Patriots and the Lions. So they have, I mean, the team they're going to ruin, and this is probably why I'm pushing back because I'm scared of it, is the Colts. Who, my Colts, you, get, you see uh, Philip. Philip Rivers over here. Wait, I can't point over my damn shoulder. No, um, Rivers, so you Rivers, have them on the ball. So I because I have them falling out of the postseason. Yeah, I have I, them as a pretender. Uh, see, I think they'll get in, but the look losing to the Titans was a big blow. Yeah. Um, I think they're three and a half point favorites at Houston uh, this week. I do think that if they play their game, they can blow out the Texans. And the and the and the pathway for that is you pound the ball in the run game. 
And Houston, again, is terrible against a run. They can't stop anybody against a run. Indy should be able to have their way. Taylor could be in line for a big game. And then, you know, you force Deshaun Watson and, and to become one-dimensional, and you just, like, shade some safety help onto Brandon Cooks and say, all right, buddy, beat us with Jordan Akins and Kiki Kute. You know what I mean? Like, that's – and that's that's asking a lot from Deshaun Watson because they don't – their offense is – you know, he runs, he runs a lot now that Bill O'Brien's gone. He's been feeding Brandon Cooks. I think Cooks will have a ton of targets. I don't know how productive he'll be. Um, the Colts defense is good, and they do play a lot of that softer, you know, that zone coverage from Matt Eberfuss, which allows you to watch Deshaun Watson. So you're not yeah. playing man-to-man, and Brandon Cooks isn't running wide open uh, as Watson's taken off down the field, et cetera, et cetera. So I, I do think that should benefit him. But, yes, I mean, the team that they would wreck would be the Indianapolis Colts because they have them twice in the next five weeks, and they're they're starting to get hot. What are your thoughts on the Browns? I I really think that that is probably one of the most plastic will melt under pressure teams <laughs> that are going down the stretch. I mean, okay, so they have eight wins. Only one of those eight wins is against a legitimate team, and that's against the Colts. Uh, yeah. They've beaten basically the seller teams of the NFL, and they have some of the toughest matchups down the stretch. And to me, I just don't think Baker Mayfield, it's one of those questions of, I mean, does he have it down the stretch? And I mean, he threw his first touchdown pass last week since week seven of the NFL. And to me, I just don't think there's a lot of excitement, uh, you know, in the NFC. The AFC is a lot hotter than you think. What are, are, Do you think the Browns will make the postseason? Yes, because they have the Jets and the Giants left on the schedule. <laughs> so, I mean, like, they're going to beat those two teams, even though the, the Jets and Giants are actually kind of decent against the run, and yeah. that's what Cleveland has to do. Mm-hmm. I still think they'll be able to overpower, you know, Quinn Williams and Leonard Williams enough to, to be able to generate uh, some some rushing attack with Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubb. And if they do that and they beat those two teams, you're 10 wins worst case. And I think 10 wins is getting you in the playoffs as good. The AFC is deep, man. I mean, it, like, who? I mean, they're, I mean, it's the latest there were ever six, uh, like X number of six win teams in the, in the postseason. So it's not, it's not even a thing where, you know, nine wins is definitely not getting you in. I don't think, but I think 10 definitely gets you in. And so you lose to Tennessee, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. You beat the New Yorks, and you know you're what ten and six. You're in the playoffs, and everybody's fading you in the first round because, as you point out, Baker Mayfield has been questionable all season long in terms of his decision making, his accuracy, all of that. They haven't beaten anybody, and they're going to be, you know, traveling on the road uh, yeah. in, in a in a first round playoff game. Yeah, there's a lot of questions here, and I mean, I just don't understand. One team you're talking about being 10 and six, nine and seven. So technically there is a chance, a chance for the New England Patriots to be nine and seven and finish the season. Um, I mean, their playoff hopes are slim to none. Listen, I'm not buying into this. I'm not. Cam Newton, I mean, uh, you want to talk about palpable numbers. Uh, 26% quarterback rating on Sunday. Couldn't even pass more than nine passes. Now, what are your thoughts exactly? Hold on. Looking ahead to the New England Patriots schedule, I mean, they have they have that runaround in L.A. where they play the Rams, where they play the Chargers this weekend, which Anthony Lynn, I mean, it couldn't be on the on a hotter coaching seat, at least yeah. right now at this point of the season. It, it, Justin Herbert should have at least four more wins. The fact that they were losing it, the last play of the game so many times in the NFL. Um, I, would it benefit? I, I just don't see any way 
that it would benefit the New England Patriots to make a run or just slip into the postseason or even finish with a positive record <laughs> that's higher than eight and eight. I, I just because people I know people in this city will look back and be like, oh, well, you know, yeah, they had Cam Newton as the Band-Aid quarterback and they couldn't really get anything and uh, off the ground and they couldn't create any run game. This He wasn't really a threat. And, uh, you know, they may do. And, you know, they won out by 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 decent special teams and coaching. Like, what would be the purpose of a, of a Patriots um, eight and eight season, nine and seven season? Nothing, right? Like nine and seven. Nine and seven. If you make the playoffs, is different. I know, um, but what? So they can, so they can bow out in the first round of the playoffs again. Yeah, I just feel like, let's say that the Buccaneers finish ten and six and lose in the first round of the playoffs, and the Patriots finish nine and seven, and lose in the first round of the playoffs. I think for Patriots fans, sort of a win because you're like, hey, you know, like Tom went somewhere else and it wasn't that much better. You know, like we still made the playoff. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I, I don't think. I mean, to me, eight and eight, you know, six, uh, six and ten, seven and nine, eight and eight. I mean, it's it's the worst place to be. Obviously, you know, yeah. you either want to be like one and fifteen and get a high pick, or you sure. want to be you know, nine and seven and be in the playoffs now nine and seven and missing the playoffs is the worst place to be, I guess. Cause yeah. you're, you're, you have a terrible draft pick, but you, you know, I, I don't know. I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't think the Patriots will make a run. No. I think, and I think they can, they'll flirt with until week 16 or 17 with being, you know, like when they do the graphic, it's like in the hunt, like yeah. New England, New England will get in the hunt treatment probably for a few more weeks, but it's hard to imagine them you know, actually coming out with a, with a winning record of the season. I, I I'm betting on him this week against the chargers though. Anthony Lynn's the worst card. I mean, this guy can't, he can't stop himself from making horrific late game decisions. I mean, he ran the ball with 26 seconds mm -hmm. down 10 points on first and goal after converting a fourth and 27 with no timeouts again, losing by two scores. Like you're better off just kick the right out there, kick the field goal and then do the onside. anything other than what you did. I, I, I was so amazed at the fact that Kalen Balazs was your workhorse at running back. And then you get Eckler back. I, and the fact that they were saying, oh, we're going to ease him back into the offense. This kid came off of a multi-week injury. They're using him over 50% of the carries. He got 30, he got 30 plays in the second half alone. Like, what are you doing? You have you have one of the uh, top ten quarterback in Justin Herbert, Keenan Allen just fading out. I I don't I agree with you. Like I don't understand any of the coaching decisions that are going on there in that organization, and it just brings up a uh, you know another question that I have. It's just which coach deserves to get fired and which coach that got fired didn't deserve it. And we're talking about Bill O'Brien, Matt Patricia, Dan Quinn. And then you can look at the other side of the, you know, the angle. It's like Adam Gase. Like, what does he have on the Jets organization that he continues to? Uh, I think they just see him as the perfect tank plan. Hey, we're going to put everyone on the blame on you. And we're going to steady the ship so that we can guarantee that we're going to be shitty enough to get the first round pick. It's it's possible. I don't think they're that smart, though. You know, <laughs> like you have to be a little cunning and. Um, and strategic to do that. So Gase is, Gase is very cunning and manipulating. But no, I mean, Gase is Gase is There's is no one more manipulating than that guy holding the headset on the sideline. Yeah, yeah. But I'm saying like, well, I don't know if he's that cunning. He's like, I'm not calling plays. We're like, we're watching you. You're calling plays. You're like literally reading off a sheet into a microphone, bro. Um, and he also had the old line. He's like, you know, I um, you know, like, I didn't even see my family on Thanksgiving got in the film room was grinded on film. It's like, well, you lost to the Bengals. So <laughs> yeah, I'm not yeah, sure yeah. what you were doing in the film room. 
Were you taking a nap? Like eating turkey? Because like, because you didn't you weren't you weren't working in the film room. Um, but I I don't think that the Jets front office and management is that cunning enough to like just completely tank by using Adam Gase. I think there's a couple factors here. Uh, one, um, the Christopher Johnson, Woody Johnson thing, Christopher Johnson is still in charge, but I, I guess now that, cause so Woody Johnson was the ambassador at this point. I I, rem- I just remember him writing a, like a, he wrote some op-ed in 1991. That was really like the last time that in the nineties that he was in, in control of that franchise. I, well, no, no, no. Cause he had the, he remember he would always show up at the owners meetings with like the funny little jets hat on. He was the only owner who was like wearing a hat. Um, so but I, he remember he was the ambassador to oh, the United kingdom. Yeah. For the UK for Trump. So that now was, that oh, there was only like five years ago, I felt like that. No, was, no he's, he was currently, I, he may have stepped down at this point, oh, wow. but, yeah. but like, but that's the whole thing is that depending on the election results and technically, I guess this hasn't been wrapped up, but yeah. um, if, if obviously if, Trump loses, Woody has is not gonna Woody's a big Trump donor. He's not gonna be involved in the political sphere anymore, which yeah. means that he would probably come back and assume control of the franchise from Christopher Johnson, like he had before he left. And if that's see, that's my theory, is that they're waiting to find out exactly what happens. And then when Woody comes back after the new year, once we get, you know, the, the final results entered in and I, I, um, I like your trepidation to even call the election, even though it's, you know, well, I'm just saying like, I, whole, you're, so, you're very newsroom politically correct right well, now. I appreciate it. I mean, I, I just, I mean, like they won't call it. So I, you know, I mean, like I'm, I'm guessing that they're saying we're going to wait till the end of the year. Let gate and, and let things play out. They don't want to fire him mid season. If they're going to make a decision, like let Woody come back and evaluate or something like that. And also Joe Douglas and Adam Gates, I think are fairly tight. Maybe they don't want to, um, you know, he didn't want to fire his guy mid season and they've had a tough year with injuries and stuff. I, I don't know. I, it's surprising to me, given all the people that have been fired that yeah. you wouldn't go ahead and fire him. Um, as far as somebody who, who didn't deserve to be fired, who I'm almost thinking right now, even though it, it, the, the amount of egregious things that he has done is Bill O'Brien. I mean, of the, of the, yeah, I would, I would agree because with that. Over the last two years, you got to remember, I mean, you know, given how idiotic, I mean, cr- how crazy he's been with being a general manager and, you know, trading two first round draft picks for Laramie Tunsil and, uh, you know, and giving away to Sean Hopkins, it's DeAndre, sorry. DeAndre Hopkins, yeah. DeAndre Hopkins for a second round pick. It makes you scratch your head, but you got to remember, I mean, this team has competed over the last three years and they've made the postseason. Granted, they haven't done anything in the postseason, but. Well, and, you know, we talked about with Houston, their schedule to start the season was just awful. Like, awful. Yeah. it's weird. Like, you, you know, a guy loses to Kansas City, Baltimore and um, Pittsburgh. And you're like, well, we got to fire him now. It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> I mean, what, I mean, what percent of coaches are winning the, like any of those three games? The yeah. Minnesota game wasn't great, but I mean, oh, and four is a weird time to fire your head coach. You just promoted a general manager. It tells you that, you know, with the Jackie used to be stuff and infiltrating that, that, that team. And like, I think Deshaun Watson, and this is not a knock on Watson. It's, it's more a knock on the organization, but I think Deshaun Watson has a little Robert Griffin, the third in Washington thing going on with Cal McNair, where, because there's no coach there's, you know, there, there's Romeo Cornell's the interim coach. There is no GM in place right now. There's Jack Easterby as VP of football ops, but Watson was there before. And Watson is the franchise quarterback. I think Watson has Cal, like he can, he can like go to Cal McNair and say, Hey, you know, like, like there's no, the hierarchy has been completely dissolved in Houston to the point that 
you know, the, and the quarterback can always, you know, is always in touch with the owner. That's just how it works in a lot of these teams. But I think that, you know, if Deshaun Watson says like, Hey, you need to sign Will Fuller. You might get an edict from ownership to the front office that says sign Will Fuller. Yeah. Even if Will Fuller wants more money than he's probably worth. And and so that's when you have, it's, it's basically the reverse, you know, it's the opposite of, you know, like, it's opposite of the Patriots, right? I mean, like yeah. Tom Brady might want something and he could tell Robert Kraft he wants it. It doesn't matter. Like if Bill, if Bill Belichick then, you know, didn't want to do it, it wasn't going to happen. So yeah. I, that, that would be the concern I have long-term for Houston. Yeah. Let's move on to Tampa Bay. And I think that uh, Tony Romo made a very interesting suggestion. I wouldn't <laughs> say it's a point, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers potentially having a rematch with the Kansas city chiefs in the postseason, meaning the Super Bowl. Now, uh, just what do you make of Tom Brady and the whole situation of the power struggle that's going on in Tampa Bay? Because clearly it's it's not to be understated at, the, at this point in time. Bruce Arians is setting himself up to be fired at the end of the season because of the lack of communication that's happening inside, um, you know, the, the quarterback room or whatever's happening that's permeating onto the field. Now, at this point in time, you cannot say, for any pundits that are even down there in Tampa Bay, that Tom Brady is, you know, in the conversation of of running this team very well. Um, there's no execution. There's no communication. The struggle with the personnel at the, you know, at the line of scrimmage, him forcing the ball to Antonio Brown. They've been three. They've lost three out of the last four since he's been on the team. That being said, um, this team cannot win without Tom Brady playing well. It's going to fall on Tom Brady's shoulders. And clearly Bruce Arians is, you know, placing all of the blame onto his quarterback. Bill Belichick would never do that, by the way. Uh, he, would do it, he would do it privately. Uh, yeah, privately, but not publicly. I mean, I, yeah. I, I think that everyone here is just kind of like, wow. Um, I, I, don't, I don't know if this is merited, if it's unmerited, but at least to say, like, I, I'm looking at this team right now. And by the way, Tampa's on a bye. So- yeah. They have about a week or so to figure this out, kind of resettle, rethink. Um, but yeah, I just, I can't, for some reason, that defense is not great. You know, this is not like the 85 Bears defense, 2000 Ravens defense. This is not going to be a defense that's going to carry you to the Super Bowl. Uh, how far, I, I don't, I just don't see the Bucs going past the first, the first round of the playoff, the postseason. I, 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 just, I just, I really don't. And that's just from, Tom Brady down the stretch. I, I don't see much improvement from when he bowed out in the first round against the Titans last year. I, I think, um, I mean, I would push back on the idea that they can't get past the first round mainly because I think it all depends on what their matchup is. Right. I think right now would be the Packers. Yeah. So I think they can beat. I mean, they already beat the Packers. Obviously they can beat the Packers. They beat them yeah. once this year. I think when you look at Tampa Bay, there's a very obvious distinction between their wins and their losses. They beat mm-hmm. Carolina, Denver, the Chargers, the Packers, the Raiders, the Giants, the Panthers, and the Panthers. Those aren't good defenses, with the exception of maybe Denver, who wasn't playing very well at the beginning of the season. They lost to the Saints, the Bears, the Rams, and the Chiefs. Um, and the Chiefs maybe aren't an elite defense, but they played, you know, they played, I don't even know if they played well. They just, you know, the the, the last three weeks, the Bucs have really made some mistakes. The last four weeks, I guess, because they lost three of the last four. 
they made some real tactical errors from a coaching perspective, I think, mm-hmm. um, especially as it relates to how they want to play. Like they, they decided to just play a soft zone against Drew Brees instead of blitzing. Like, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Um, they blitzed Patrick Mahomes and had, um, you know, played man-to-man coverage on the back end against Tyreek Hill. I mean, that's not going to work. If you Carlton Davis on an island with Tyreek Hill is, I mean, that's like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's like strapping a nuclear, you know, nuclear bomb to your chest and, and hoping that, you know, you can, you know, like walk into a, a fiery, like a, a lava pit. I mean, like you're yeah. just, you're just dead. Like there's no surviving it. There's no outcome in which Carlton Davis is going to hold Tyreek Hill to anything less than 200 yards in the first half. Josh Norman on the field. Right. Wow. I mean, he's just, he's just, just laying there like, yeah, just exploded. Exactly. Like, like face planted down. Um, and I, but I just think, so I think the path for the Buccaneers to make a deep playoff run has to include two things. One, uh, they, Ali Marpet has to get back. I know, yeah. like, uh, interior lineman from Hobart. Yeah, I uh, know. I, I love that story, that draft, that draft night. Yeah. But Second, like, he, he was like a division two offensive lineman, got drafted in the third round. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but you, I mean, you, Tom Brady has to have protection on the inside. Ryan Jensen's mm-hmm. playing really well. So, but they, he, they need Marpet back and they need, his offensive line to play the way it was playing when that team was rolling. And if they do that, then I think that they can win. He's got to get, you know, he and Bruce Arians have to figure out how to get on the same page. I think there's some tweaks they need to do to the offense. Um, but the more important thing for them is how the playoff bracket shakes out. Yeah. Because right. I think that if they play green Bay on the road, I did. Mm. No, they could be I mean, they, green Bay's I mean, defense. They could be green Bay. I just think I, I mean, I'm, I, you're seeing another side of, of, Aaron Rodgers that he's just sure. I mean look, it'll be a shootout but like the difference is I don't think the Tampa is going to beat the Rams or beat this uh the Saints in a in a first round playoff yeah. game yeah. I think they can beat the, the Packers uh I think they can beat any NFC, NFC East team obviously and I think that they could take out Seattle because Seattle's defense yeah. while improving yeah. is not elite they you can't know. play an elite defense that's what they need to avoid in the playoffs it's yeah. not gonna be easy um, but there's a you know, there's a chance they could get two favorable draws, and all of a sudden you just need you hope the New Orleans and LA run into each other, and if yeah. that's the case, then they can make a run. Yeah. Well, I I just think the first thing that has to happen is you cannot be relying on their, the the running game. You know, with with having um, Leonard Fournette at running back, I mean he's not doing anything for your team. And you know, when you have Jameis Winston back there at quarterback, it's it's reasonable to say, okay, you can, you, you can play the run to set up the pass. And, you know, I mean, the mix between the, you know, the passing and the run plays, it doesn't really matter. But I mean, for Tom Brady, you, you gotta be relying less on the running game. It's really gotta be more on his shoulders. And the fact that they have played what 12 games, four of them, they've led at halftime for only four. So playing from behind and that's why you're seeing Tom Brady coming back. I mean, that's what he does best is that ice water in his veins. But most of the time in that, you know, late in those games, especially in primetime games, he's suffered. So um, I just think getting ahead of the curve and really just fixing the communication on that offense, because again, it's they're going to win because of Tom Brady. They're going to lose because of Tom Brady and nothing else. And it's not even going to be Bruce Arians is going to brush all of that off his shoulders um, before he even takes any arrow to his chest on, you know, his (laughs) strategies and, you know, how he treats his offense. I've always said, I mean, Bruce Arians is coaching style. I kind of compared him in my last show to um, the teams that had John Fox 
um, during the Pro Bowl. Like John Fox would come in and he would, you know, he would coach the AFC teams and he would be like, all right, everyone drink beer at practice. And, you know, everyone just go off with their families. No worries. It was just a complete mess. Uh, is, is that really how he coaches? I mean, is it really that relaxed coaching style? I mean, I think it depends on, you know, what the the specifics of the roster, the specifics of, you know, what the team is doing. But yeah, I mean, you know, there, there are definitely different methods for each coach, you know, each, each uh, coach out there. And, you know, like a guy like, you know, you mentioned Fox is, you know, and yeah. he's, he likes the Coors Lights, I think. Maybe yeah. the the Bud Heavies. I don't know exactly. Maybe probably less now. That I, he, I think you know. who, who was, who told a story? Someone told a story about, Bruce Arians. Oh, I think it was, um, damn, I think it was Chris long or something. And he was telling a story about how Bruce Arians babysat him when he was a kid. And there was a photo <laughs> and he had like a, like a, a bottle of cognac that was on the table. That would check <laughs> out. Yeah. Seventies or something. I want to say that Bruce Arians has, I mean, Bruce, yeah, Bruce Arians is, is, is Bruce, look, Bruce Arians says what he's going to say. And he, he doesn't care about offending people, whether it's Tom Brady or Jameis Winston or anybody, he's going to say what he what he's thinking. And that's just how he, I mean, this is how he is. And so he's not going to change. I think that's the concern is that, you know, if he's not going to change how he approaches, um, you know, public discussions when, as it relates to Tom Brady. Yeah. And so is he going to change what he approaches from an offensive standpoint when it comes to Tom Brady? That's the concern. They need to cater the offense more to Tom Brady and give him some shorter looks because yeah. Tom, when he gets, starts getting, when he starts getting pressured, and he has, he starts throwing vertical. He just sort of gives up. Like he, he's just he's like, all right, like I'm going to chuck it deep. I, I know the play is the deep play. I don't want to throw it deep. Yeah. I, I, you know, I want to. And, and I, so I think that they haven't gotten to that mesh point yet where they are, where Bruce is calling the offense in a way that benefits Tom Brady and Tom is getting all the calls that he wants. I, I just think the Buccaneers have been victims of some bad coaching the last four weeks and they got to figure that out on both sides of the ball. They got to figure that out before the playoffs. Yeah. I'm just, I'm more surprised that, you know, it's literally the, the, the paradox of the, these two teams that Tom Brady thrived and lived off the play action pass and Tampa has not integrated that at all. And that's goes to exactly what you're saying. They had to play more of Tom Brady's game. Meanwhile, up in new England, Josh McDaniels is making a Cam Newton try to play the second game of Tom Brady. Like he's basically trying to turn him into Tom Brady and that's why he's failing. Yeah. So it's just, I, I you, you can't take someone out of their game and you got to, and it's, it's much as you want to think like, you know, the players don't run the league. It really does. It's turned into a talent heavy league and coaches are seemingly, you know, not, you know, I mean, just don't have as much impact as, I mean, would you say that? Would I, I'm just trying to, th- I'm trying to think out loud. Like, you know, it's, it, some of the players that are so powerful, it's like they, the players have more impact than the coaches here. Yeah. I mean, it's not to the extent of like the NBA, right? Um, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah. I mean, not, nothing is, but no, no. Um, exactly. that league, right. right. <laughs> this league, our this league, league though. <laughs> but, uh, um, uh, <laughs> I, I think that, I think there are, I think there are more and more, and maybe part of this is, I don't know if it's older quarterbacks or younger coaches, but so like Tom Brady to me went to Tampa Bay because he talked to Bruce Arians. He talked to Jason light. And if you look at Brady's um, off field partnerships with like under armor and he's, he's full blown entrepreneur mode. No, but, but, but like, but like he didn't, he didn't take some, he's not like, all right, give me 50 grand or a hundred grand a year and I'll shill Uggs. 
He's like, I want to be part of the company, you know, or like, like yeah. Under Armour, he has stock and like equity in Under Armour. And I think that's what he wanted when he went to Tampa Bay was he wanted to have equity in this partnership trying to win a Super Bowl in Tampa Bay. In quotations, because that's illegal. Well, he didn't know no, he didn't want to own the Bucks. He wants to have a say in how they develop the team and how okay, they okay, would, okay. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So like, that, was a, that was a conversation here in New England where they were like, Oh, you know, resign Tom Brady and give him equity in the team. Well, ding dong, that's illegal. Can't right, right, right. You can't I do like, it. You can hypothetically say that. Yeah, yeah you Tom can. Has, you has, can has a heavy stake in equity, fifty percent in those. Uh, I would say fifty-one. It's a, the majority share of the six Super Bowl rings. Right. Have. I mean, you can you can theoretically circumvent the salary cap by allowing a player to set up his own personal business inside of your stadium, but oh, you yeah, certainly right. can't. You can't actually give him ownership of the team. Oh, correct. Right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I, but I think that. Uh, you're seeing the the smart coaches. It's not that they need to collaborate with the quarterbacks, but I mean, you're on the same, you're literally on the same team. You yeah. need to be on the same page. You need to, you know, the Patriots would, it would behoove them to engineer an offense that is friendly to Cam Newton and, 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 been, and like caters to his skill set. I think they're trying to do it. I don't think they're doing a great job of it. I think some of the, I think it's tough for a guy like Josh McDaniels, who's, um, you know, who's been calling plays for one quarterback, you know, yeah. 90% of his career yeah. to suddenly call plays for Cam Newton. I mean, they don't, they didn't have a full off season. They don't know, you know, they don't know each other's tendencies and all of that. And yeah. so what you're seeing is like a team like green Bay and uh, green Bay with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers, yeah. they've kind of come together. People were worried they wouldn't get along and all of that. And there was friction this off season with the Jordan love draft pick, but they've come together two years into it. They know what each other likes after a full season together. And yeah. now you're starting to see the fruits of that, that, you know, the, that, the fruits of that labor kind of pop up in the sense that this offense is, is, is really cooking and Aaron Rodgers is comfortable in it and all the linemen are comfortable in it. And so it, you just need same thing with like Arthur Smith and Ryan Tannehill and Mike Rabel, right? I mean, they're, they're doing things that cater to his skill set and these teams that have worked together and have spent time together and have consistency going through the pandemic are in better shape than the teams that are trying to patch it on the fly. Yeah, no, I agree with you there. Let's move on to the last subject. And I know that you, I'm just going to let you take the floor on this. Yeah. Steelers or chiefs. Give oh. me your rundown. Yeah. I mean, I think the chiefs are the answer. So like we yeah, did, a, I agree. we did, a, I mean, so Pete Prisco does his power rankings for CBS and we had to go on and do this show where we like responded to his power rankings, which is right. annoying. It's stupid, but um, he had the Steelers first. He's like, they've earned the right to be first in my rankings. Like what? Why? But why? Like, so they're under, I mean, they're undefeated. That's great. But if, if the two and uh, Danny Cannell asked me, he's like, if the two teams played, who would you pick? He's like, well, the chiefs. It's like, then why are they one? What are they doing first in your rankings? If you would pick the chiefs over the Steelers, if you think the chiefs are better, they don't need to earn the right to be one. You put the team that is the best first overall. Now, You're making him sound like a, a mad scientist and a cartoon. Like, right. I mean, he's. I really, pick the. I pick the Steelers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, he is short and bald. So it does. Yeah. But yeah, I think the I think the Chiefs are the better team, and I think most Steelers fans maybe would admit that. the The catch is that um, the Steelers have a tough road, have a tough uh, schedule down the stretch. Right, they have to play the Bills. They swept the Ravens, obviously. They're going to win the division, but the, unless the Browns snake them. The Bills, the Colts, um, and there's uh, one more tough matchup that they have to deal with, I think. A Washington football team this week, I actually think, yeah. could upset them. I have them winning the NFC East. Who, who do you have? I have Washington winning the NFC Yeah, East. I have Washington, too. Yeah. Okay, good, um, good luck. But, but, like, if the Steelers lose a game and the Chiefs run the table, 
The Steelers are going to go 15 and one and end up as the number two seed in the AFC. That is tough. Like you basically, unless the chiefs slip up, of course, but at a 15 and one and you don't get a buy. Yeah, yeah, but you know, sucks. you know what? I, and I have to say that you, I mean, as they eat that one out, I will eat that one out. I mean, just given every situation of you know personnel and rest and playing a Wednesday afternoon football game. But um, a lot of people here said that you know even Bill Belichick admitted when the Patriots lost to the Giants in the Super Bowl, had a chance to go nineteen and zero. He said we could have really benefited from losing a game in the regular season. So I, I don't think that that's so much off the table if the Steelers are fifteen to one and they're the second seed. Um, because it might benefit them in the end. It might make them stronger, kind of figure out and really you know, put a microscope to the things that they need to do better. Although, I mean, there's not really much that the Steelers need to do better. Yeah, but I mean, I think the thing with the bye this year, assuming they don't expand the playoffs to eight teams, like the thing with the you bye- really that, that could happen? I mean, they approved it, so sure. I mean- could, Oh, when did they approve it? Uh, a couple of weeks ago, I think. I mean, the NFL, the NFL owners have ratified it where they are allowed to change it if they want to. I, it wow. may be that they have to miss games okay. in order to That's do it. I was like, wait, what? Okay. Uh, but make it more interesting. Hell yeah, let's go. Well, but if you go to eight teams and all of a sudden that 50, like you have to do it before week 17 because the Steelers and Chiefs games wouldn't, you know, like if, if you go to eight teams, there's no benefit for being the number one seed. Yeah. So if you're the Steelers, you're like, well, screw it. We don't need to, I don't, we don't care about being undefeated in the regular season. Yeah. We want, and, and, but right now that buy is so critical because you, not only do you get to rest your players, but let's, you would have an extra week to contain any COVID situations. Like yeah, huge. Yeah. You know, like Patrick Mahomes gets COVID. If he does positive after the final game of week 17, yep. but they have a buy he's probably going to get cleared because now you're talking seven to 10 days. You're going to test negative, but if you got to play the next week, the very next week for the playoffs, you might not have him for the playoffs. So, I mean, that buy is, is worth, I, I, it's, it's, I don't even know if you can put a value on it in 2020. I, you know what you bring up such a crazy, crazy point. What happens when the NFL, the face of the NFL, the future MVP, uh, you know, if everything stayed the same right now, we, everyone can agree. Patrick Mahomes would be the MVP. What if Patrick Mahomes gets COVID in the middle of, of the postseason? Um, could the NFL act differently and be like, oh, you know, well, we're postponing because it's not fair? Or, I mean, I, can you imagine the ruckus and the riots that would happen if they postponed a game or added another week just because one of their superstars got COVID? I mean, people would go ballistic. Yeah, I don't, I think, I think, I don't know. I, I mean, there's, it no would, way that they can, there's no way that they can postpone that, right? Yeah, I, I don't think so. I think it's going to be like, listen, you get to the postseason, you put Patrick Mahomes in a literal bubble, like yeah. like, like a giant plastic bubble, and you make him walk around in a, in a bubble. I mean, and remember too, he's got a, um, he's got a pregnant wife. So, you know, he yeah. had that thing when he was, he had the exposure following the Patriots game where he like, you know, he quarantined himself and slept in a separate, you know, guest house or whatever it was, or like a separate bedroom. Yeah. Um, I would guess that, you know, given that scare already and given the yeah. fact that his wife is pregnant, that he's probably going to be, you know, extremely like, I, I think, I think if you want, if you're really rich and you want to stay in a bubble and you want to prevent yourself from getting exposed, you can do it. Like you can have a helicopter on, like he spends a million dollars a year on his body. Like just right. throw saying, down on the table. I mean, but like you got, he's like, you got to do 
you need food? Like you can hire somebody to go pick up the food from the guy who picked up the food, you know, or hire a helicopter to deliver your, and you know, whatever. That shit. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Walks I mean, on, walks off. Right. You're not going to be short on options to stay quarantined. Now that you can't buy your way out of, you know, complete, you know, immunity to, to exposure. But I, I would assume that these teams and these quarterbacks, especially once they get into the postseason, you, you know, you're, you're a team that's had success all year long. You're going to ramp up what you do. You know, teams tighten up in the postseason anyway. We always see the team like, I'm off social media till the end of the playoffs. Well, it's like, you know, these teams are going to tighten up their quarantine protocols and be like, listen, anybody who does something stupid here that causes us to possibly lose a playoff game because we don't have X players, you know, you're getting fired or you're getting cut. So get your, get your stuff together. Everybody keep it tight, stick it between the mustard and the mayonnaise and let's go try to win a Super Bowl. Yeah, exactly. All right. Well, do, are you, can you stick around for five more questions of random questions? Let's do some random questions. Yeah. Let's do some random questions. So I found this list. And I'm totally just suggesting that everyone else can take this list. It's just 250 random questions that I found on the internet. And um, I'm going to ask you to <laughs> pick a number between, actually pick five numbers, the five pack. Yeah. How okay. many, by the way, for betting purposes, what, how do you usually bet? I'm just very curious. Like I, you, do you do like a five team parlay or do you do teasers early in the week with two teams? Like what, what, how do you do your betting? Yes. Um, yeah. Yes, I, I, yes, yes. And yes. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, I mean, I usually, yeah, I do. Yeah. On everything. I mean, part. Yeah, you know, yes. Okay. All right. So I'm Parley hitting Caesars, player props. Yeah. yeah. He's a degenerate gambler on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. We in, well, before we get into this five box of questions with Will Branson of CBS, gotta tell you about bunny james boxes have you ever heard of bunny james boxes will no but i'm blindly intrigued okay so um you know when you walk into whole foods and you see that snack aisle for your kids you know you want to go with like the cheese it's and all the smart food and you know all the snacks that have bad stuff in it well bunny james boxes puts together healthy snacks no more gross chocolates no more nasty popcorns these are all like healthy snacks for your kids, fig bars, special jerkies, and uh, carrot fries instead of potato chips, but it's all delicious. And you go to bunnyjamesbox.com, you go pick out their box. They got tons of different ones for um, people who have keto allergies, nut allergies, gluten-free. Pick one for your loved ones, little snacks, big snacks. You send it to them and you use the code BADSIGNAL15. You get 15% off and free shipping. It's a great deal for the holidays because you're thinking of someone you know, hey, Will, I'm thinking about you. I'm going to send you a Bunny James box. I want to thank you for coming on the podcast. Let's do it. Yeah, maybe I will after the show. So, yeah, BunnyJamesBoxes.com. Go check out. Use the code BADSIGNAL15. Get 15% off of your first box. It's really, it's actually really great snacks. I got I to gotta admit. Um, all right. Five numbers between one and 250. Okay. Um, six, 11, 49. 178 and um, 81. 81. I was going to go 212. All right. That's that's the uh, that's my bonus one. I'll answer that one. All right. So 6, 11, 49. Let's just run through this. All right. 6, 11, 49, 178, 81. And okay. Question number six. If you had to choose one animal to help you win a fight, which animal would you choose? Any animal to win a fight. Um, 
I guess it depends on who I'm fighting. But I mean, the obvious, like a lion would be a, a very, very good choice. I would yeah. certainly consider. I'd consider uh, a rhino. I would consider a rhino. Rhino is a good no, choice too. I know it's, I mean, you're, it's, that's like, that's like a, you know, that's, it's a, a you, hard to take down. Right, but see, well, I would say this, like a rhino, you're not winning a whole lot of close uh, quarter battles. Like a, yeah, you know, like a, 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 I mean, you know, if, if you get, I mean, he can kick you and he can get you with the horn, obviously a big, uh, you know, armor plated and all that. Uh, you know, the lion is exposed. If, if the opponent, if you're, if you're the person you're battling has, um, you know, like, uh, like, uh, Wet, like a gun or uh you know i mean ryan ryan was exposed to i thought about an eagle uh because they you know the the, the flight factor yeah um, an ostrich would be fun to ride on uh i don't know how aggressively they can attack or actually how they can defend you uh but a lion you can ride on they can uh they can be they can slink they can also be, you know, they can attack uh, and they can win in close quarters and in open field. So I will take a lion. I feel like you're just comparing them to a poacher, like instantly in your mind. You're like, yeah, anyone who has a gun. Well, who am I fighting though? Like, am I, you know, by fighting like a, you know, another animal in the jungle. You're the only one that's just thinking about yeah. everyone gets shot. All right. Question 11. What is something that everyone looks stupid doing? Uh, Karaoke. Betting on football. Yeah, karaoke is a good choice. Singing. Yeah, any singing. A singing in the car. How about that? Uh, I, I enjoy singing in the car. Everybody likes it. You look stupid, though. Nobody looks good. You can't hear what anybody's happening. You just look over and somebody's like banging the drums on the steering wheel. You look like a moron. I would have to say, like, the one thing that really makes me uncomfortable, thinks everyone is stupid, is like, making public videos like if you go out like in new york and you're just stopping in the middle of a crowd and dancing and someone's filming oh like, uh, a, a, i don't find those videos funny and b it's just like how stupid do you look i it, how will you to the amusement of who how um, like, really i would say the other things that would probably qualify along those lines are anybody who films something at a con anybody who films at a concert you look like an oh. idiot you're wasting, like you're not enjoying the, we don't go to concerts anymore, but you know, when you did, you're holding up your phone the whole freaking time. It's like, enjoy the concert. And then also anytime you have to do a, um, like a video stand-up shot, any report, yeah. anybody who has to go out in the field and report like in a big crowd or like standing around, you end up looking stupid. You're just standing uh, there and you're trying to do it. And, and pe you know, people are, it, it looks stupid. So that one hits close to my heart. I don't sure, think yeah. you look stupid. What's this coming from the journalist that had to slug her own equipment across the U.S.? I mean, I was just saying, like, we had to go interview a bunch of bachelorette parties in Nashville during the draft, and oh like, inevitably, you look you look stupid at first. But you, how is how is that? How on the scale of one to one to Joe Namath, how hammered were was everyone on Broadway? Uh, hammered. Yeah, we have a, There's a great video. You can go to like search uh, Pick Six Podcast. Um, bachelorette parties nashville so something like that'll pop it up and me and john breach are interviewing them and we actually ended up on a party bus with a bachelorette oh party they, they rode us around with the camera with the camera and like and the microphones and we were taking shots with them it was pretty well. I, I i really am so disappointed you didn't you went on the party bus and not one of those like riding bicycles that you take shots at the oh i got the trolley pumps yeah the no the party bus is better we're like up like we're up like riding on top of the party bus <laughs> just flying through nashville with like the bachelorette party it was insane you you, you picked you picked the hot the rich girl you picked the rich girls to go. we got lucky yeah that's right you got real lucky the luck of the draw there all right what are some of the nicknames you have for your co-workers uh, um 
Well, Damon and Mandalara, I had to, I was like, for some reason he popped up on my, on my What's, DA. Yeah. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I don't have any good ones. Like I call Ryan Wilson, Wilson. Um, Breach is John Breach is just Breach. Eric Hayes, EK. Uh, my, my producer, uh, Eric DeBerdanis is Debo. So that's a good one. Um, yeah, I think it's all like just name based. I think that's how it works in the, the sports journal world where you just like, everybody calls me Brinson. Brinson. Yeah. My mother-in-law calls I me. Call Brinson. You, I call you meme God. Meme, thank you. That's very kind of you. Um, yeah. I mean, like I'll respond to Will or Brinson or any, like any other plethora of names, but yeah, we all, I think everybody's by their last name. That's the, <laughs> that's the thing is just, you just call everybody by their last name. Yeah. My last name is a name in college that I was called and I just like, would like to keep that person there forever. Okay. Fallon, Fallon doesn't come back. Oh yeah, right. yeah. I see what you're saying. Yeah. 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 I thought, I thought you're going to go with like people like you can't be called Fallon because of Jimmy Fallon. No. Oh, that's a whole nother story. I actually explained that story on the podcast that I had with Joey Molinaro who does the Jimmy Fallon impressions. He's, his um, impressions are incredible. His impressions are so spot on. He's amazing. Um, he's trying to, he's trying to clown on Colin Coward too. I it's saw funny. that. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. He's well, like, Colin he's Coward kind of earns it with his. Bro. Yeah. It's like, come on, bro. Come on my podcast. His come Saban stuff is just unbelievable. Oh my God. Oh yeah. With the Saban was like sitting at home for the first time. By yeah. the way, see that Nick Saban like came out and said that he got a, like a cocktail of vitamins and he feels like a million bucks and he'll be back in a few days. That sounds familiar. I can't remember who, who else said yeah, that. Exactly. Republican yeah. life. All right, 178. Do you sleep with your sheets tucked in or out? Uh, out. I. You know what I do? And this is because my parents took me to a movie called Outbreak. Do you remember that movie? It was yeah. like about the monkeys yeah. that got the disease. Yeah. Dustin Hoffman, yeah. Yeah, okay. Um, so we went to that to my seventh birthday and I was like, I want to go see the cartoon movie. We're like, no, we're seeing this movie rated R. So I had this idea. I was crying in the middle of the night. I thought that the monkeys were going to climb up from the bottom of my bed and bite nice. my feet. That's so, so for the, in, the rest of my life, every time I, I kick my sheets down, I have to wrap them around my feet in order to go to bed. Uh, see, I like my feet exposed when I'm sleeping. So what? So if it's, if it's, uh, if it, well, if it depends on, it depends on the, the season. Killer move is that? No, it depends on the season. Like if it's, if it's winter, obviously I'm in the sheets and I'm covered because it's cold. But if it's, if it's like summer, I'll usually have feet out the bottom of the sheets because I, it's, you don't want to get too hot in, in the sheets. Okay. So right. absolutely, yeah, absolutely untucked. In fact, if I go to a hotel room and they've got them all tightened in. I'm they'd be like the first thing I'm doing is like ripping the sheets out and just letting them loose. Sometimes I maybe this isn't so sanitary, but sometimes I just like don't touch the sheets and I just sleep under the comforter. That's I think that's fine. I know, the, it makes in, it easier to make your bed in the morning. That right? does make it much easier to make your bed in the make, morning. Much yeah, easier. Yeah. Much easier. Because I mean there's nothing worse than making your bed. It's like gotta put I don't I don't, I don't I don't I don't make bits. So. I just I, I literally don't either. make bits. Like, Join the like, club. Join yeah, the club. Yeah. 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 Much to the much to the uh, dismay of my parents. All right, uh, yes. last question. Then we got a bonus. Um, how do you feel about putting pineapple on pizza? Oh, I love it. Pineapple on pizza. I don't care if anybody condemns me for it. Pineapple on pizza is delicious. What? The uh, thin crust Hawaiian pizza from Domino's is some oh, of the Domino's. best. Okay, okay, okay. All right, you totally redeem yourself. Thin crust Domino's. It's so Domino's. good. It's. I remember when I was living in LA, my my roommate in the house was like, she would order that all the time. It's it's really good when it's cold. 
Yeah, it's great. I mean, thin crust Domino's is fantastic pizza. Like, I don't care. Yeah. I mean, it's not like, uh, you know, elite top five crispy pizza. Bread. It's yeah, crispy it's, bread with cheese right. and sauce. It's, exactly. And it's fantastic. Uh, yeah. my, my son's favorite thing is a Domino. Uh, he likes a large Domino's thin crust. He'll meal half of it. Uh, and then I'll just snack on it. I like the little triangle pieces in the corners. Yep. And uh, their Hawaiian pizza. Their Hawaiian pizza is just good. So, yeah, I'm fine with pineapple on pizza. Um, I think you can do a nice little combination of like bacon, pineapple, jalapenos. Um, you can, you know, like I think mellow mushroom might have something like that. There's a lot of yeah. good pineapple on pizza. It's not my number one go-to, but I'm a big fan. Yeah. I, you know what my move now is, cause there's a, do you guys have a Frank Pepe pizza? It's the one in New Haven. Yeah. It's the original. So there's a bunch of pop-ups that are around. So, uh, the move for me, and this started from Frank Pepe, my brother is garlic and cheese. Like garlic and cheese on a pizza brings out the flavor of the cheese so much better. Mm. I, I got to tell you, it's it's like, hey, this cheese, this pizza just tastes kind of bland, whatever. Throw some garlic on there, and it has to be like not too much, but right. it just enhances the flavor so much. It's um, I'm a big fan. Of, I'm a big fan of ricotta. Yeah, ricotta is underrated for pizza. I, um, I, you know, I just like cheeses that taste. I feel like ricotta, maybe because I'm not Italian. You know, the Jew over here. I just think <laughs> ricotta's not a big Jewish cheese. I don't no, think. it's it's not really just a, even Swiss. It's like anything that's too bland. I'm like, why am I eating this? The Swiss, yeah. Uh, well, Swiss obviously pizza would be disgusting, but yeah. um, oh, God. yeah. I, see, I like like feta and yes, but I'm not Italian. I mean, I'm like Scotch Irish no, or something. Yeah. Okay. All right. The the bonus question is, what is the stupidest way you have ever hurt yourself? Oh well, that's an easy one. I fell off a scooter a bird scooter in Nashville at the draft Oh, and cracked my face open. No, no yeah. way. Yeah. Awful announcing wrote about it somehow. <laughs> wait, wait, what did you, wait, where are the scars? I need to see. Well, you, uh, you, you can't see it. No, it, 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 uh, it hit right here. Oh man. So actually I think in hindsight, I think what happened was, um, so I had on, you, you were partying with the, with the girls. I was, I was sober. You were hammered. This is before this is actually before the bachelorette party. So it was the first day we got there. And I had driven to, um, I had, I had uh, not driven. I had to go interview Devin White, who's now the Buccaneers linebacker yeah. uh, for a draft thing. He hadn't been drafted yet. And I was like, all right, I'm just going to take a bird. Like birds are, it's, I use birds a bunch in Raleigh. I mean, they're so dangerous. But oh, like 18 miles an hour. Like Yeah, you're hauling ass. I mean, but I was like, all right, I'll just, I was like, the traffic's bad. I'm just going to bird over here. I don't want to walk. It's too hot. You know, uh, I mean, like a you know, suit jacket. So I hop on the bird. And, uh, I'm, and I've been, and I've been doing, using the birds in Atlanta a bunch for the Super Bowl, I think. So, uh, I take, I take the bird down to see Devin white and I'm like, yeah, I just, you know, like we're talking about, it. I'm like, yeah, I'd like to take a bird down. He's like, I've never used one of those. I was like, whatever you do, do not get on one until you sign that contract and get drafted because yeah. they are dangerous as hell, man. Uh, and so I leave, I'm like, all right, I get back to, I get back. We're setting up at this bar where we were doing the, our draft show. Like it's you're just a Nashville, you know, like, so we're going to go back to this bar, yeah. uh, dead ass sober. And I, I'm taking the bird around and I'm going down this hill and on the sidewalk. And this guy comes out of a garage like, kind of fast. I'm like, Oh shit. Oh, no. And I jump to the, I jump to the right. I get on the road. I'm like, come on, man. And I'm like going back to the left. Well, Nashville had like, they were doing all this construction on, um, like they, they had the race, right. They had, like the raised sidewalks. They're like an inch oh. off the ground. And I like, going back up and I didn't, I was trying to like, just you know, get on the curb. It hooks the front of the scooter and I'm wearing a book bag of some kind. The book bag goes over the top of my head and like slings me forward with my momentum. I go flying off the bird, land like I got, I mean, I screwed up my wrist for like three months. Oh, I land and like catch myself. But um, 
I think I had on these like like you know it's just like plastic sunglasses, and I think they like got crunked and like oh, pinched wow. my face, cut it open. I'm like staggering around. I look over to the right. There's a bunch of people in traffic, and they're all like staring at me like, mm, and, like, oh, like don't make eye contact. I'm like what's going on? I start like touching. I'm like, all right, I think I'm, oh, I'm, all my teeth are here. Everything's okay. And like, all of a sudden I'm just like covered in blood and no. I stumble, I stumble into this, like, uh, like, Hey, here's your restroom. And she's like, uh, yeah. And I, I get some paper towels, like put it on there and I call an Uber. And, um, uh, my wife's friend lives in, uh, Caroline lives in Nashville. And she, so I was texting my wife about it. She's like, you're going to a doctor. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. Everything's fine. I was banded up. And like Caroline, like ended up, yeah, she like texted like a location, like Vanderbilt's medical hospital. So I had to get an Uber, go like 30 minutes to a hospital. The guy stitches me up. I get back at like eight o'clock at night. I mean, thank God I got stitched up or else I'd have some huge scar on my face. But yeah, uh, well, that's I, the stupidest way I've hurt myself. Oh, there was this whole account in, in LA about people wiping out. I, I just, I, I, I cringe. I, I hate seeing that people like falling down, like the whole jackass thing. But there was a whole account about people like, wiping the fuck out on bird scooters yeah. and they said oh, yeah. that i think 40 percent of the um emergency room visits in la were from bird scooters yeah they, they told me when i was in there they're like man we yeah. are getting flooded with people flooded. who are coming in these with these so bird dangerous. scooters they're so bad so yeah. dangerous well yeah. on that note well what you got on this weekend to promote for the people uh so we well i mean like for content or for for you want, like, uh, i don't know promote. gambling picks well, um yeah, so we do. Uh, we got our best bets podcast up right now uh, with myself, RJ White, Kenny White, and Pete Prisco. Uh, RJ gave out a great teaser, Falcons uh, Packers teaser that I I think is probably looks like a pretty good winner. Okay. And we do our Sunday recap of every single game from the week that was eight. Show- we have eight shows, eight podcasts a week in the feed on the wow. Pixels podcast feed. Yeah. So um, how do you keep it- yourself interesting? I mean, uh, you just read, right? Read, 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 write. No I mean, wonder just, you hate. No wonder you hate that garland on the mantle. Just talk, 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 talk. Just talk until you can't talk anymore, and then talk some more. And then I usually buy drinking bourbon during the podcast or beer. Oh, awesome. That's what oh, I do. That's, yeah. that's a fantastic. I mean, they're all at night. They're all at night, so it's you know yeah. you're you're, in, you're imbibing a little bit. If the the recap shows are like ninety minutes, so I mean you know by the end of it you're 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 working your way through some brown liquor. Yeah. Okay. That's that's a power move. Will Brinson from CBS. Thank you for joining the Bad Signal podcast. And yeah, I got I, we got a show that's popping out with Jeff Schwartz. We're going to do some picks on Saturday. Nice. Awesome. But thanks yeah. for having me. This is fun. <laughs> that's my dog. Again. Yeah, and Jeff's a good dude. Yeah, yeah. No, he's great. Thank you for joining the show. You were the best. See ya. And see ya. Thanks. I could not foresee this thing happening to you.